Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from church, or are struggling to find a church you connect with, you belong here. To learn more about Collective, you can follow us on social media at My Collective Church or head to www.mycollective.church. Now here's Sunday's message. I learned something a couple weeks ago. Let me just preface this by saying, the night before, my wife and I were talking, and she says, we need to step up our practical joke game in this house. And I said, cool. So the next day, she was at home by herself working, and I was out for a run. And when I came back, I thought, practical joke game. Yes. And so I snuck into my house very quietly. She didn't know I was there. She was there by herself. I snuck in, and I said, this is a stick-up. Give me all your money. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I still think it is funny. Her face, scared, frustrated, angry, and the words that she said after she saw me let me know she didn't think this was as funny as I was. Now, I wanted to remind her about the practical joke comment, but I figured probably not the best time to throw fuel on the fire. Sometimes you learn through experience by doing the wrong thing. But I want to always continue to keep learning. And so do you. That's why you're here this morning. It's at least part of why you are here this morning. And you may believe in Jesus or you may not. But we're all here to learn today, specifically from the Bible. You know what the best-selling book of all time is? It's the Bible. Now, in general, whether reading the Bible or not, we as people don't actually read all that much. According to a study this year, Pew Research Study, 23% of us, one in four, haven't read a book this year. And that means we haven't even opened up a book or attempted to read a book. And the older you are, the more likely you are to fall in line with this. Statistically, once you get over the age of 50, you are less likely to read at all. However, I love books. Books are our oldest mass medium. That simply means a media innovation that's been marketed to a large population uh, mass of people. You can take books to the beach, you can travel with them on airplanes, chilling in a hammock. It doesn't matter where you take a book. And I'm a professor by trade, and our mass communication textbook that I teach from says books are still our most influential form of mass media. And a direct quote from my textbook, main avenue to learn history, pass along stories, and gain wisdom from generation to generation. So if books are the best way that we can gain wisdom, and the Bible is the best-selling book of all time, it would make sense to look to the Bible for wisdom. And this is true. We say at Collective all the time, one of the best things that you can do in terms of reading the Bible is because it gives us the best life possible. And there's so much wisdom in the Bible, but perhaps nowhere is that better seen than in Proverbs. Proverbs is found in the Old Testament. It's before the life of Jesus, written by a guy named King Solomon. And 1 Kings chapter 3 tells us God talks to Solomon, and God's like, hey, man, what do you want? I'll give you anything. And Solomon thinks about it. He asks for and receives a wise and discerning heart. 
It is this wise and discerning heart that wrote the book of Proverbs that we have today, and Proverbs offers a richness of wisdom. And today we're specifically going to look at a few of those Proverbs that align with our Sunset Series Clause, Sunset Clause series, Proverbs about wisdom with money and giving. And Pastor Michael has laid the foundation. If you have been with us for the past two weeks, we know that giving is a choice. We know that giving is a matter of the heart. And I hope you gave out awesome Halloween candy and you brought those bags back today ready to give your Thanksgiving meals to drop off. And those are specific one-time asks. Those are good asks. And we're going to carry on with what Pastor Michael taught us. We know a tithe is 10% given to our local church. Tithe is the baseline of generosity, and it's about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. So today, collective, we're going to ask you to be generous and sacrificial in your giving to our church regularly and consistently. And I'm going to put all my cards out here on the table. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a faith and financial responsibility to give a tithe to your local church. And if you're with us this morning, if you are watching with us, chances are high that that means this church, collective. Now, Pastor Michael will tell you that he doesn't like to talk about money. I love to talk about money. I'm a money nerd. I love to talk about it. I love to read about it. And like you, I love that I have some of it. What doesn't come as easily for me is giving it away. If you look at any of the three ladies in my wife, in my life, my wife, my loves forever, our two young girls, I am the one who is the least generous. They are all better at giving than I am. In fact, our two little girls are ages five and three. When they get birthday money, the first thing they think of is giving money to Jesus. And it doesn't matter if it's a $1 bill or a $20 bill. They're excited to give their money to Jesus. And if you know my wife, you know my love serve, you know that she's going to give you the coat that she's wearing if you ask for it, the earrings just for fun. She'll send you home with a trunk full of groceries, free diapers, babysitting, all our extra Halloween candy, buy you some Raven Super Bowl gear just to cheer you up because that's how awesome she is. Well... Maybe Ravens like champions of the regular season gear. That Super Bowl stuff is really hard to find for Ravens fans. But my wife is a giver. And now that we make those decisions together, and because she's married to a Scrooge, giving has slowed down for her. I struggle to be generous in our family. I'm the one who is holding us back. Maybe you are like Rachel and you love giving, or maybe you've already figured out what's coming this morning and you're just like me and you're squirming in your seat a little bit and you kind of wish maybe you didn't show up today. Either way, it's cool. I get it. And either way, I'm glad that you are here today as we all look at the book of Proverbs to gain wisdom about being generous. Now, specifically for non-Christians who are in the room today, I want you to know if there is anything that you take from this series is that generosity starts with God. This is a giving series, but for our non-Christians, your big takeaway is that God is generous with you out of his abundant love for you. But for all of us today, we can learn from Proverbs because it's so practical and it's so real. 
It was written by a wise king, but I understand it. Check this out. Proverbs 3.9 tells us, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. Pastor Michael walked us through this. He taught us about when we receive money, income, the first thing we do is we give that money to God. And when we do this, we are investing in God's economy. There's an author that I like to read. His name is John Eldridge, and he has a quote that says, the heart of an artist is revealed in their work. If you look at God's work, God is a giver. God is generous, and he is generous with you. And so when we take part in that generosity with God, we are becoming a part of God's generous giving economy. And a lot of people know in their heads, like, yeah, I'm supposed to give money to my church. If you grew up in the church like me, you know that. Like, yes, I get it, but we don't connect it to our hearts because we don't connect with the why. When we join God in being generous, we become more like him. Now, that's not all that we find in Proverbs. Let's continue just quickly here. Proverbs 22.9, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Proverbs 19, 17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And this is a theme that presents itself over and over again in the book of Proverbs. You're blessed. You'll be refreshed. God will repay you. And I've heard the quote I'm about to tell you many times before. I grew up in the church, and this quote drips with Christianese, which drives me crazy. Christianese just simply means cheesy sayings that people who believe in Jesus say that are cheesy. But here we go. 90% with God will always go further than 100% by yourself. 90% with God will always go further than 100% by yourself. Oh, there it is. I said it. But it's a true principle because it is based on biblical teachings. That's not all. Check this out from the book of Malachi. This is Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. God is talking, and he says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? How have we ever cheated you? And he says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings do me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Test me in this. Now, first, please note, this is being written to a group of people who already believe in God. If you are sitting here this morning and you are not a follower of Jesus yet, you are not the target audience for this specific message in the Bible. It's, God's talking here and he's saying, you are doing exactly what I told you not to do. Generations ago, we set up this giving principle, which I asked all of you to live by, and you're automatically not doing it in this moment. It's kind of like the way that we talk to our kids or that I talk to my kids. You know what the right thing to do is. I told you what the right thing to do is. And yet here you are over here making the exact opposite choice. Instead of choosing to trust God, they were relying on their own money and resources to provide for themselves. 
And so this is God's reminder for those of us who are Christians of our faith and financial responsibility to give and tithe to our local church. And it's really not so much as a reminder. There is no middle ground here. Either you are cheating God or he is pouring out great blessings on your life. Test God. Feel free. Try out giving God. Good luck. It doesn't work because you can't outgive God. He is very, very clear. And this is the only place in the Bible where God draws a line in the sand. It is like, test me. Now, in addition to biblical teaching, you also need to know your personal why. Why do you as an individual, as a couple, as a family, why do you give to your local church? Or maybe the question is, why should I start giving to this church? Well, Rachel and I were talking about it this week, and, and we kind of detailed a little bit of why we give to our local church. First, we follow biblical principles. We are bought in. We love Jesus. We are all in on this Jesus game. And so we say if, if the Bible represents the best way for us to live, which we do believe, then we're going to follow what the Bible says. But second, we love to be a part of this church. And when I'm talking with people out in the lobby after service, one of my questions that I get quite often is, well, what do you do here on staff? And people are often surprised when I say, I'm not on staff. I'm a volunteer, just like so many other people. And so we as volunteers who don't get paid by this church, we choose to give to this church because we love this church. We have stories just like you have stories about this church. We moved here to be a part of this church. We were the fifth and sixth members of this church when it was meeting in a living room with a bunch of prayers and a bunch of dreams before it turned into all of this. We love to see baptisms. We love to see life change happen. And our ultimate goal is that our kids will choose to be baptized and follow Jesus themselves because of this church. And I know that 10% sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. If you start to do the math, the number gets pretty big. And then on top of that, my birthday money Christmas bonuses, pay raises, like that number's a lot, and it never stops growing. But let me ask you, parents, how many of y'all been dipping into your kids' Halloween candy supply after they have gone to bed at night? I know I have. You can admit it. It's okay, and you are not alone if you have. In fact, nearly two out of three parents admit, yep, I do it, and... The average respondent to this survey said, I steal one-third of my kids' candy, and I don't tell them about it. A full one-third. It's like we hide it on top of the refrigerator, we put it in the cabinets, eat it after they've gone to bed, or I'm walking out to work and my lunch looks a little light, so I'm just going to take some and go put it in my backpack, and I'm gone. Parents, we do this. 33% goes to us as the parent. God's asking for 10%. God is more gracious with us than we are with our own kids. Now let's get back to your personal why. Why do you, why should you give to the church? And I don't believe that we are selfish people. I do believe that we are self-interested people. And if we're just being honest, we want to know, what's in it for me? 
Like, I get all the life change stuff happens, and, and that's really cool, and I'm behind that. I am. But, like, give me something tangible, something concrete. Like, this week, what is in this for me? Is anybody going to notice? Is my life going to be any different? Well, first of all, you are not a bad person if you have those thoughts. I've had them plenty of the times. You are not the only person in this room who has had those thoughts. But there is a lot of scientific and psychological reasons why you should become a generous person. Self-reported, higher satisfaction with life. More people willing to help you move or go visit you in the hospital if needed. Deeper relationships with the people that you are close to. Happier in your career, a more satisfying outlook on life, better physical and mental health, more satisfaction with what you have and less keeping up with the Joneses, higher self-esteem, longer lifespan, produces a warm glow, which means our body temperature increases and we feel good because our body releases oxytocin and endorphins and it alleviates depression. Sorry, still no Raven Super Bowl gear. That stuff doesn't exist. But that's just us. What about the kids? There was a study that found toddlers actually enjoy giving more than they enjoy getting. The study comes out of the University of British Columbia, and they took 22-month-old kids, not yet two years old, and they introduced them to a stuffed monkey, and they were told that this stuffed monkey liked treats. And then the researchers gave them eight treats of their own, something like a goldfish, but also put extra treats around the room. And then the researchers instruct them when and how to give stuffed treats to this monkey. And what they found is the kids were happier when they gave away treats rather than when they received them. But the kids were happiest when they gave away their own treats rather than the extra treats around the room. Kids are born generous. In fact, one of the things this study says is that kids have a natural drive to be kind and generous. And this is who you are. No matter what your age is in the room, this is who you are because you are made in the image of God and God is a generous God. You might have to fight against the way that you were taught or the way that you grew up, but there is no denying from your existence Generosity is a part of your story. Further, psychologists have developed what they call the family financial socialization theory. Whoa, it's not that bad. I got you break this down here. Basically, parents can influence the financial well-being of the kids and vice versa. If kids see their parents being generous, then they want to do the exact same thing, and this can lead to generosity in their own life as well. Rachel, my wife, took our two young girls, ages five and three, to the grocery store recently. And they went to the grocery store. They saw somebody that we know, one of our friends, an employee of the grocery store. And our five-year-old's first thought was, Mommy, we should go buy, fill in the blank, flowers. I bet it would make her day and it would make her feel really special. Kids see generosity and they want to have generosity in their own life as well. And then when parents see their kids being generous, it makes us want to be more generous. Family financial socialization theory. Do you know what's amazing about all this? Is it works. 
I mentioned a lot of the reasons why we as a Thompson family give, but I didn't tell you the whole entire story. When you start being sacrificial and giving to God and being generous to God, my life will tell you he comes through on his end of the deal. Many years ago, I was living in East Tennessee, and I was at church, and, and our pastor brought up these verses from Malachi that we looked at, and, and the verses about putting God to the test, and he really gave us a challenge to put God to the test. And me, with very little money at the time, said, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'm probably going to prove God wrong at the same time, and I'm going to write down everything that I do just for record keeping. And so for a few months at a time, I wrote down ways that I was more generous than normal. And in a few months' time, nothing happened. I was doing it. I was doubting. I was questioning. I was doubting. I was questioning. And at that time, I was driving a car. Long story for a different time. Exploded while I was driving down the highway. Car caught on fire. And this was a car that I was driving. And so I was walking on campus with a few of my friends, Pastor Michael being one of them, Chris Wells being one of them, who's in the back at the tech booth today, and we were walking on campus, and all of a sudden I notice I'm walking by myself. So I turn around, and I look at my friends, and it's Michael who throws something to me. I catch it, and I look down, and it's two keys. He points behind me, at a car, he says, it's yours. Free car. Now, Michael and Chris didn't give me the car. They wouldn't let me tell the story if they gave the car, but they were the delivery guys who dropped off this car to me because somebody heard about my story and gave me a free car. I stepped out in faith and gave money that I didn't have, and God rewarded me with a free car. And we have stories like that about our life, about my life, and about our life as a family. We have story after story that we can tell you when we step out, we are generous, and it's a little bit scary, God comes through. But here's the thing about sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. You might have to amputate a Starbucks coffee. Buy some drinks and invite friends at home with you, which isn't nearly as cool and fun as going out downtown. Change the way that you buy groceries or where you buy your groceries. Say yes to groceries more often and no to Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, whatever it is, more often. And you could be sitting here and saying, well, that's all cool and that's great and good for those people, bro. But listen, this ain't about fun money for me because if I do what you say, I'm not paying my bills because I got money for one, but I don't have money for both hear that, and I've been there. As a graduate student earning my master's degree at East Tennessee State University, I had so little money that in wintertime, I could see my breath inside my own apartment, because saying yes to the heat meant saying no to the food. All I can tell you is if you are there right now, I knew what God asked, and I trusted him, and he came through on his end of the deal for me. If he can do that for me, surely he's big enough to do that for you as well. But beyond that, what if you start giving and nobody says thank you? 
What if you start giving and nobody even notices? What if you decide to start giving and you're having a really bad day and all you want is that thing that makes you feel better, that ice cream, that Starbucks coffee, that milkshake, and you can't have it because you said yes to God, and in that moment, you wish you could take that money back? What if your money pays for the boring stuff, like keeping the lights on, the stuff that nobody cares about? and not the stuff that leads to life change. What if it hurts and it really is a sacrifice and you are wondering where the money is going to come from that you so desperately need? Remember, this is just as much about you becoming closer to God and drawing close to his heart as it is about the money. Let him be enough. And so in those situations, give your money and your heart to God. Now to transition a little bit, last week, Pastor Michael took us through the system of checks and balances we have here at Collective to let you know we are biblically sound and we are ethical in our approach to your money. We're not doing anything that we haven't already modeled for you as staff and leaders, and we also want to value you and treat you with honor. We don't want to waste your time. We want this to be secure and efficient for you. So we're going to walk through a step right now, and I want you to get out your phone that you have in your pocket or that is sitting next to you. We're going to walk through a simple four-step process of how you can start donating money to this church. And the first step is very easy. Hopefully, if you've been with us for a while, you hear this time after time through our host spot that DJ walked us through this morning. Open up the Church Center app or scan the QR code that's on the seat in front of you, and at the bottom... All you have to do is hit give, and it takes you to the next step. Hopefully, this is very natural, the first step for you. You open up the app, you hit give. That takes us into step number two, enter the amount that you want to give. I randomly put $86 up here just as an example, but enter the amount that you want to give, and then tap next at the bottom of the screen. This takes you to our third step where you enter the frequency with which you want to give. We have all kinds of options there, whatever makes it easiest for you in your financial picture. So you enter your frequency, your payment method and information. And since we're talking about being generous, please tap the icon that says cover the processing fee as well. And then you just hit next at the bottom of the screen. And that takes you through to step number four, where you review your information, make sure everything is correct, and then you click the Start Giving tab. And that's it. We just walked you through that process in approximately 40 seconds. So if you have your information ready, you can set up online giving in a minute, two minutes tops. So collective. It's gut check time. If you've been with us, you know that this is coming. We have been working up to this for three weeks now. Here is your generosity challenge. What does it mean to tithe to this church? What does it mean to give sacrificially to this church? And the challenge is for every person in this room to take their next step. Kids in the room, talk to your parents. Sit them down today before you go to bed. Parents, talk to each other. Singles, evaluate this or talk to somebody on your own time as well. If it's up to B, it's up to me. I'm not going to wait for somebody else. I'm going to lead the charge in doing this because I know it's not about equal sacrifice. It's about equal giving. 
tithe is the baseline for generosity. A tithe is 10% to your local church. I know that as an adult, if I have something that I enjoy, I rarely give it away to other people. But that's what kids naturally do. I told you that our oldest, she's five, her name is Eliza. I told you that at the grocery store, she wanted to give one of our friends flowers. But what I didn't tell you is that she's not even the one who broke the news to me when they all got home. Our three-year-old comes busting through the front door, excited to tell me all about what they did. And then our five-year-old comes busting through the front door with a big smile on her face, excited to tell me all about what they did. And then our wife comes busting through the door, holding back tears, excited to tell me all about what our kids just did. This is because giving is captivating. And it brings joy to our hearts. And your inner child wants to go crazy with generosity. And if the heart of an artist is revealed in the work, paint that picture of generosity and watch the world around you change. Paint that picture of generosity and watch your world change. Let's get to it, collective. Let's go do it. Pray with me. God, we know that today's topic is not easy. It could bring up fears concerns, could bring up lack of trust, potentially even anger. We know that talking about money is not an easy topic to talk about. But for every person in this room, God, I pray that you give us the boldness to take that next step. What does it mean to give a tithe? What does it mean to be sacrificial to this church? God, we know that you are modeling this for us. You are a generous God. You are the giver of all good things. You are the giver of so many great things that we have in our life. And so we thank you for this model that you provide, and we pray that we, this week, are bold enough to follow through in what you have done for us and give a portion of that back to you. In your son's name.